Good morning. Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth, meaning, and beauty. And one of the things that drives that search is our curiosity, which is our topic for today's service. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. And it's in that tradition that I invite you to turn to those around you and greet the holy among us this morning. It is also our tradition in Unitarian Universalist churches to begin our service by lighting a chalice, which is a symbol of our faith. Please look in your order of service and say with me our words for lighting the chalice. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Our call to worship this morning is a responsive reading, and it's inside your order of service. It's called, Let Us Be Curious, by Alexis Engelbrecht. Are we ready? Let us be curious. May we contemplate what we believe and why. Let us be curious. May we inquire to learn more about beliefs and experiences different from our own. Let us be curious. May we explore the world around us so that we might broaden our awareness and appreciate the beauty that is while exploring what else might be. As Unitarian Universalists, we have many sources of our faith. We draw upon all the world's faith traditions. We draw from the wisdom of science. We don't have a set of beliefs that we all are required to sign on to, a creed. So sometimes people ask us, well, then what holds you together if it's not a set of common beliefs? Well, as Unitarian Universalists as a whole, we have a set of seven principles, and here at this church we have five values, and out of those five religious values arose our mission statement. It's our common purpose, and we say it together every Sunday. Together we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Our reading today for the Centering is by Rainer Maria Rilke. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves, like locked rooms and like books that are now written in a very foreign language. Do not now seek the answers which cannot be given you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. This is the time in our service where we breathe together. And breathing together, breathing in, breathing out, We feel the loving presence of those all around us. And breathing together, we follow our breath to a deeper place inside, a place of awe and wonder, a place of greater wisdom, 
that spark of the divine within each of us. Breathing together, we enter into a time of sacred silence together, remembering that the sounds of small children and and human noises are a part of the silence in this congregation. Breathing in, breathing out, let us dwell in that sacred silence together. Dr. Michelle Kine had a problem. Dr. Kine is a researcher whose scientific interest, her lifelong empirical curiosity, involves developing nanotechnology that can be used for healthcare purposes. Her problem at the time was that her work with such nanotechnology chips required a lab with sophisticated equipment that allowed doing the work at a microscopic level. She had just changed jobs, but the lab at the new job that she had been promised was nowhere near ready. In fact, it appeared to be months away from being equipped and usable. How was she going to continue her work? How was she going to meet the requirements of the grants that were funding that work that she had brought with her? Without the equipment she needed to work on a microscopic level, everything seemed to be lost. Then... She remembered a toy and an activity from her childhood called Shrinky Dinks. Shrinky Dinks are polystyrene sheets that can be cut into various shapes, such as animals or butterflies, and then colored with a felt-tip pen. And then you put them in the oven, and they shrink down greatly to these small, hard plates, but they keep their original shape and characteristics. 
Dr. Kine got curious whether she could use this process to allow her to do her work starting on a larger scale and then shrink everything down, thereby avoiding the need for the expensive lab equipment required to work at the microscopic level. And thus was born the shrinky-dink microfluidics 3D polystyrene chip. And thus did curiosity allow Dr. Kine to save her nanotechnology career with a toy from her childhood. Dr. Kine's story, I think, is a wonderful illustration of the power of our human capacity for curiosity. Among many other benefits, curiosity is the source, the seed of our creative potential. Now, this month, our lifespan faith development activities and religious education classes are exploring this concept of curiosity, and so I thought it would be a great topic for us to spend some time on together for a while this morning. After all, as Unitarian Universalists, we come from a long tradition of being the questioners and the curious, those for whom revelation is never sealed, but rather continuously unfolding and therefore always to be explored anew. For instance, our Unitarian ancestors got curious about how could this God as three different entities, the Trinity, Trinity, make any possible sense, and they eventually rejected the idea among several others that had been and often still are Christian dogma. The Universalist, on the other hand, became curious about how a supposed all-loving God could condemn those who were supposedly so loved to burn in hell for all eternity. Eventually, some Universalists came to reject hell altogether, although others thought that sinners might burn in hell for some unspecified time period before God would then lift them out of the flames so that they wouldn't have to burn painfully for the rest of all eternity. I'm glad we continued to cultivate our sense of curiosity and don't believe that anymore. Now, of course, some aspects of religion have actually discouraged curiosity. Witness the Adam and Eve story about partaking of the forbidden fruit from the tree of knowledge as an example. But all in all, all in all, I think both religion and science stem from our curiosity about our human condition. They come out of our curiosity about the world and universe in which we find ourselves. They're based on our curiosity about the larger questions of meaning in life. What is death about? Beauty, truth, ethics. And religion and science are oftentimes trying to get at these questions in a little different way and ask the questions in a little bit different way. So I don't necessarily think that the commonly held perception that science and religion have to stand in opposition to one another has to be true. In fact, I think at times they might indeed inform and enhance one another. Certainly, though, though through science, we have discovered creativity that has moved us from cave dwelling to landing on the moon to having a phone in our pocket that's more powerful than the original computers and on and on and on. And it has been our curiosity that has driven that science. So why do we humans have such a curious nature? 
After all, our curiosity not only drives us to spend time exploring those big questions I've just been talking about, but also to spend time exploring seemingly unproductive curiosities like reading news about people we will never meet, watching movies and reading stories about people who don't even really exist, exploring places we will never visit again, and learning about topics that seem to have no practical use in our daily lives, just to name a few. Well, one evolutionary theory about why this might be is that it stems from a trait we evolved called neoteny, which means that even as adults, we retain juvenile characteristics more so than other mammals, such as being relatively hairless and having brains relatively large in relation to our body size. And this neoteny, while making us weaker than our primate cousins, has given us our lifelong playfulness, our curiosity, our deep sense of attachment to one another, all of which have provided survival advantages. And it turns out that in our complex world, even those seemingly unproductive curiosities we are prone to explore that I was talking about just a moment ago, they provide an advantage also. They do so by keeping our brains open to novelty and new learning. So when we encounter new challenges or threats, we don't get stuck in old but useless thinking algorithms. What may have seemed to be useless learning in our past can turn out to be very, very useful knowledge later on. Curiosity, then, is what keeps our learning alive and drives us to engage in our full learning capacity. As Albert Einstein once said it, I have no special talents. I am only passionately curious. And it turns out that some research has found that maintaining that passionate curiosity is associated with better health and greater longevity, as well as developing and retaining higher IQ. Other studies have found that people who are actively curious about other people more easily establish close relationships, find greater satisfaction in their relationships, and are less likely to be racist or express other forms of prejudice. And still other studies found that engaging with novelty and remaining curious are correlated with a sense of overall life fulfillment and happiness. Now, it's important to note that associated or correlated doesn't establish cause and effect. Still, I think these studies give us reason to think about whether it might be beneficial to us to keep our sense of curiosity alive and fulfilled. So here are a few practices I found in which we can engage that might help us do that. For a faith steeped in questions more profound than answers, we might even call them spiritual practices. One, reconnect with play. Children are naturally curious, and play is one of the ways that as children we explore ourselves and the world about which we're learning. The problem is, though, as adults, we far too often lose our sense of play, and that's really too bad because what play can do for us is to keep us open to novelty and creativity. And actually, one good way to engage with play is to be around and play with children. They can teach us how to do it again. 
A caution, though, those curious children can surprise you sometimes. I, I love a story I found about a mom who had taken her little boy to the playground and she was playing with him on the seesaw, and apparently he was curious because her hair was going gray, and so he asked her, Mommy, why are some of your hairs turning gray? Well, thinking she might use this playful occasion as a teaching lesson, Mom replied, It's because of you, dear. Every time you do something bad, one of my hairs turn gray. Huh, replied the little boy. Now I know why Grandma only has gray hairs on her head. (laughs) Two, (laughs) intentionally building our knowledge base enhances our curiosity to learn even more. Reading attending talks, watching documentaries, traveling to new places, making lists of things that we want to explore later, just as a few examples. Studies have found that the larger our knowledge base, the more likely we'd be curious to learn even more. Three, get comfortable with uncertainty and being uncomfortable. Being curious by necessity involves exploring the unknown, but the unknown, novelty, surprise can cause us to feel tension. However, they're also some of our greatest sources of joy and learning. For folks who enjoy watching sports, for example, part of the enjoyment is in the the tension of not knowing what the ultimate outcome of the game is going to be, right? Four, in every conversation... Think of questions to ask, not what you're going to say next. It's harder than it sounds, but listening more activates our curiosity, and that curiosity can add so much greater depth to our conversations and relationships. So those are just a few of the ways I found that we can keep our sense of curiosity alive and fulfilling. Now, though, With the exception of religion and sometimes play, the ways we can pursue our curiosity and practice keeping it alive, about which I've spoken so far, have been mostly in terms of very concrete and literal thinking. So I want to turn now to some more emotional, embodied, and metaphorical ways we can both explore that about which we are curious and also keep that curiosity active. There are times when we're curious about things that we either don't have the ability to fully understand them because of our current limits in science, or they're just things that are not as easily understood and expressed on such concrete, literal levels. Love, beauty, meaning, morality, justice and injustice human cruelty and human altruism, God or that which is ultimate, these are just a few examples of the human curiosities that may be further explored if we do so metaphorically. One of the ways to do that metaphorical exploration that we use the most and can be the most powerful is storytelling. Whether told orally, written, expressed through television, movies, theater, or the opera, improvisation, the power of stories is that they help us to understand things that may require us to go beyond literal intellectual thinking. They help us approach matters that can only be pointed at metaphorically and thus must be felt in our bodies, hearts, and souls in order to better grasp at their meaning. 
And by the way, you can experience the power of storytelling and an event called Storytelling Under the Stars here at the church on our courtyard at 6.30 p.m. this evening. So like the stories, I think also the visual arts, poetry, music, dance, and the other performing arts can also help us, help us have that experience about which we are curious, but that must may be best approached metaphorically. These, too, can move us beyond only the intellectual and help with that which requires the engagement of our emotions and senses. And all of these not only help us with that about which we may be curious but need more than a literal approach, but they also can stimulate our curiosity even further. Have you ever read a good fictional book and gotten interested in exploring some subject that was brought up within the story? Or seeing a movie gets us interested in visiting a place we've never traveled to before? Or an engaging night at the theater gets us interested in a moral issue we had never really thought much about, etc. Experiences of storytelling, music and the arts, then, are other vital ways in which we cultivate and expand our curiosity. And my friends, we were meant to be curious creatures. Now, science and religion are important, to go back to that. Learning about the really big stuff matters. But so, too, does that more mundane stuff I talked about. Something in which you may get interested may seem to have little practical value in that moment, but go ahead and pursue your curiosity about it anyway. Later on, it may well have value that you could have never anticipated. At the very least, it will keep your thinking adaptable and open to novelty. So yes, please do keep coming to church. Yes, keep up with what science is teaching us. But also, also read that story about people you likely will never meet. Attend that concert featuring music that is new to you. Sing out loud if you feel like it. Read up on shrinky-dink microfluidics just because you're curious about it. <laughs> Spend hours admiring your favorite piece of artwork. Explore lands to which you may never return. Start a new hobby just because it interests you. Play with the abandonment of small children. These two are spiritual work because they stimulate our curiosity and keep it alive and well. Or as Kurt Vonnegut put it, we are here on earth to fart around. Don't let anybody tell you any different. <laughs> Please say with me our words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, are the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. As we go out into our world now, may we go with the courage to pursue the curiosity that transforms us and moves us towards wholeness, compassion, and transcendence. May we carry the spirit of this, our beloved religious community, with us until next we gather again. May the congregation say amen, amen. and blessed be. blessed be. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. 
For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.